0: Truth Warrior, Woke Destroyer, Only in America, Randy Tobler, Dreaming in Red, White, and Blue, on News Talk STL. In America, where we dream well,
1: good morning, it's been, it's been welcome to another edition of the Tobler Show. Here we are as the country seems to be emulating Rome a few centuries ago, burning, unbelievable as Afghanistan seems to be falling, stagflation setting in immigrants flooding into the border with covid and oh did i mention there was a super spreader event at martha's vineyard last weekend along with producer max foise i am your intrepid host randy tober how are good. you doing mr max good morning doctor i'm doing fantastic man you you must just have it uh ingrained into you you just look chipper this morning even though it's 6 a.m. I morning. mean, i was just here, you were here at early. Six, i was here at 6 p.m. last night you've been holding forth all week <laughs> <laughs> I know. Happen, happen. mornings afternoons that's and, right uh, welcome I, home back help oh it feels home, fantastic brother. to be in this studio yes, and to be reunited with you yeah Randy. we were talking the other day i mean you and i go back a long way vital signs you were you, you originally were the original producer for my first couple of shows that's right yeah. that's right yeah and so uh, I don't know. There's something about radio; it gets into your blood, and you just can't get it out. And maybe like COVID is going to be in our collective <laughs> blood; you can't get it out. I didn't know that Max had had uh, COVID. We were yes. talking about yeah, it back on. in uh, back in April. Yeah. So those of you who um, who are. Listening to me on that big, powerful 941 signal, isn't that a beautiful thing? I mean to tell you, it is just gorgeous. And for those uh, of you who have friends that may have had a little problem with the in and out and fading of the 1019, and don't have the HD3991 signal, and uh, I don't know who doesn't. Maybe they have a flip phone and they can't stream it. I'm not sure. I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be pejorative of people I mean, that wow. have a flip phone, should yeah, I? Yeah. That was a that was a big slam there. That's not good. Actually, that's actually a very conservative way to be, right? A phone is for a phone purpose and you don't Absolutely. want to get distracted. By I think it's kind of silly that yeah. we call these things phones because I they're know, actually yeah. little tiny computers. What do you think that the equivalent of what's in our hand now would have been like, I don't know, three decades ago, in the 70s, 60s, 70s? This phone is probably the best computer I've ever had. Isn't it amazing? I mean, I mean think about it. It fits in your pocket. It's crazy. And then if you don't have a, I mean, if you don't, if you're not near, near a Wi-Fi and you're in the middle of nowhere, as long as you have a cell signal, yeah, you have Wi-Fi. You That's can get right. on your computer and do what you need to do. It's amazing. You might be using a hotspot right now. That I could be. You never know. Maybe. Now I'm going to be a little raspy. I promise to stay with you all morning because uh, I, I I came down with a cold uh, Wednesday. Now we're going to be on vacation with the family in a destination that I can't reveal because if I did, it would just be you'd go, oh my god, and um, <laughs> and and so I thought I I. I wondered because I have a couple of relatives who, who will be with us who are not vaccinated, and I am. But I know that the Delta variant can you can still harbor it. You can get sick, and you can you know be transmission. You can be transmitting it. And so I was thinking, gosh, what should I do? Well, I went in and got swabbed. Now I think now remember I, I run a little a small little hospital, a little, little safety net hospital up in Northeast Missouri, and um, there the lab tech who uh, swabbed me must there must be something i did bad to offend him i mean oh, no. i must have offended him because when you get the antigen swab the the rapid test which is very sensitive that you can have false positives and false negatives but very sensitive that's just a little q-tip in your nose i mean that's like no big deal it's like putting a little vaseline in your nose if you're having a nosebleed because you're skiing and the weather's too dry you must have gotten the full brain boost i'm still i mean i thought that my the most potent habanero sauce was bad ain't nothing like that no uh, and randy's a good friend of mine he actually uh, taught me how to ice fish if you've never been ice fishing and had ice, fresh ice caught fish. They're amazing. But uh no, so he said, Tilt your head back. I'm like, wait, wait, whoa, 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 wait. And before I knew it, it was, you know, but it was all negative. So I just have a little probably a little rhino virus, you know, a little summer virus. So I'm cool. But I didn't want to give Max anything. I didn't want to give my my relatives anything. We got a little two and a half year old little bee with us and uh granddaughter, and I'm thinking, yeah you know, they can get it too. They don't get it often, but they can get sick and they can have multi system yeah, inflammatory syndrome. So um at any rate, we're going to hold forth this morning with a great show because we have a lot of great people. And I get a kick out of talking with the family here at Newstalk STL. So we'll be talking with Eric Robert, who you hear on On the Money after this show every Saturday. Uh, you'll hear from Zach Smith. You'll hear from, uh, from uh, Chris Arps. You'll hear from Nick Schroer um and and a good friend of mine from long long ago and continues to be a great friend of the show not a news talk stl -er, but we feel like he's in the family that's jim talent jim joins us with his defense expertise because afghanistan is melting down and i have you know i guess it was a couple of years ago being I I love the theater having played at the Fox and the Muni there's just something about live theater that I love. I love theater Max almost as much as you love film. Well then that's a lot. Do you love the theater too? Uh, you, you know theater? I I uh, no I can take it or leave it. yeah I, I I've seen some spectacular shows yeah um, but uh, it's not really my forte. No well one of my favorites is Miss Saigon. Mine, too. And I saw it it just a couple of years ago. I saw it on Broadway. uh, I don't know, four or five years ago. And boy, what a different but wonderful experience Broadway is because you're up close and personal. It's just a different experience. But it it is a dramatic and a heart wrenching uh, and and I think a pretty realistic uh, reprisal of what happened there. And that's what's going through my mind this morning. Right. I mean, I'm thinking now they deployed what? 3000 troops. The spokesman from the Pentagon came on the other day, and in fact, we have some sound. We ought to play that. Uh, He came on and was trying to walk it back a little bit. I think that's cut uh, one, I believe. There we go. Yep. About 3,500 to 4,000
0: people. So why is it, I'm unclear why, so it's 3,000 people who are going to HKIA right away in the
1: coming days, Uh, and then you have another 3,500 who will be there on standby in case all for security. I'm unclear on what they're doing. I mean, if the 3,000 going to HKIA, it's like a
0: couple of miles from the embassy to HKIA. What exactly are are, are three thousand people doing? Are they are they just there securing the airport? Then they'll be there to uh, provide safety uh, and secure the and secure movement of the reduction of civilian personnel, the out of the embassy, to help to help facilitate their departure uh, from the country. To also help with the uh, process of moving special immigrant visa applicants out of the country and to provide additional security uh, at the airport. Again, we believe this is a prudent measure given uh, the deteriorating security situation. So
1: this is very troubling because if there was ever dancing around and spinning from from a department spokesperson, this is it. And I'm thinking, my God, are we going to be looking at at Americans and maybe some Afghans who were our allies and saved a lot of... I've heard a lot of uh, deployed vets who have returned and said, you know, the biggest travesty of this thing and the biggest insult and the biggest predictor of failure to gain allies on the ground civilian allies in our next conflict is going to be the way we treat our afghani friends who in many cases i've heard veterans say save their butts and their buddies butts when they were you know they were basically were given intel to keep them out of trouble or warn them of the ambush around the corner whatever i have never been deployed i've never served and so i can't really speak uh, personally to what this must mean for those who have served. But if you have, or maybe someone in your family has, I'm just wondering to kind of talk around the dinner table, maybe over the phone, uh, through your Facebook messenger. What are you hearing? Because it, it just must be disheartening. You think of the thousands of lives that were lost, the, 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 the lives and the families that were disrupted, that were destroyed with, with maimed soldiers and permanently and terribly disabled soldiers as a result. Um, what what are your thoughts? I mean, you, you have to think like, well, it's 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 almost like, why did we go there? What was the point? I get it. Getting in, weed out Al Qaeda, make it hurt like it's never hurt before, and then we tried to nation build. That didn't work out so well. Obama tried to withdraw troops. Trump tried to withdraw troops. Now Biden is doing it, and I guess I I will predict that. Despite the carnage that results, despite the chaos, despite us, well, I mean, there hadn't been, as I understand it, there hadn't been really a casualty among American troops for for months and months and months. So actually, as far as I can tell, it was a fairly stable situation with a minimal footprint. And again, from what I'm getting from second and third-hand sources, granted, we were getting intel and having a footprint there, being able to... uh, to, to to bounce our to bounce ideas off of us from the afghan forces there was a valuable thing and to gather information there was a national security payoff well what does it mean when that's no longer there does it mean that the taliban i love it the way the taliban the taliban taliban goes to the whole now you know it goes to the poppy field man you know it's like i don't know i i i, I I I look at the example around the globe where our presence, just like having a big brother in the room when the kids don't grow up, they just refuse to grow up, it's not a bad thing in Japan, in Korea, in Germany, because just having an adult in the room to just with the arms folded metaphorically, surveying things, I think and and just basically doing that that scrutiny of what's going on in the region being able to both give and receive feedback to officials to troops to intel people in those countries i think it's helpful i'm not sure that i endorse the true isolationism that i think has become vogue these days but there has to be a balance because trying to train change a culture that knows no patriotism no nationalism is essentially a a loose federation at best of tribes which is what afghanistan has been how many how many countries have come in and tried to change that culture and have been unsuccessful <coughs> on the other hand if that's not your goal but your goal is to just have a presence so that if things are beginning to rumble beneath the beneath the surface just like when you see that First little bit of termite damage, you know, and you're not sure, was that just dry rot or is there something there? Wouldn't you rather know before the rafters fall apart? I think I would. Well, Jim Talent will be able to help us with that a little bit later because I'm just curious what Jim's take on it is. And, uh, you know, we'll see. Now, the the other news, of course, that we're seeing is that consumer confidence is plummeting while gas prices are skyrocketing i mean i don't recall the last time i paid 3 bucks 299 for a for a gallon of gas do you remember max i mean it's been well, a while i meant to bring that up because i have to fill up on my way home so yeah, if i could yeah. borrow your credit card that'd be great not a problem you okay. got that yeah, thanks yeah. so much <laughs> actually you know what on the way down uh, yesterday <laughs> evening, we had a nice meal out. It's it's our 40th anniversary today. Oh, Congratulations. And can you believe, I mean, this is a... And you're spinning it with me, so congratulations. Yeah, there you go. And my wife is, this is just what she's done for 40 years, is graciously let me, instead of instead of a remote and video games, which I don't do a lot. A lot of guys do video games, and that makes their wives a little ticked yeah. off, you know. Yeah, me. This is my deal, right? I like to come and do the radio uh, spent a lot of time away from home, and she said, no, you go ahead and do this. We had a fabulous meal uh, at uh, Charlie Jitto's over in the Hill last evening, one of nice. our favorite hangouts, and had a great place. Tim did a super job of uh, of helping us there. Um, and I spent more on a bottle of wine than I've ever spent. It wasn't a big, big, big bucks, but I mean, I think, and she said, oh, well, should we do this? I said, she said, we've never done this before. And it was an awesome, big, beautiful bottle of wine. Nice And um she said we have never done this. So I, I said we've never had a 40th anniversary before. So there you go. Oh, you old romantic. Yeah. So, on, but then I realized that um, I had lost track of the gas gauge, and the fuel light went on. You know, almost empty fuel light. So I stopped at a gas station, not to be named, between here and there. Okay. You know, and I slipped my thing in the in the in the reader there, and uh, put in my zip code, and it said, "See cashier." So I. Waved to the cashier. That's about nine o'clock. Right. Waved at the cashier. I said, hey, turn it on. want to fill the gas. You know, I, I did the little pantomime thing. I felt felt like Mar- Marcel, what was it? Marcel Mar- Marceau? Marcel Marcel. Marcel Yeah. And I was trying to do that, like one syllable, two. And uh, nothing happened. <laughs> and I walked in and I said, what's the deal? And he said, um, you have to prepay. And I don't know what got into me, but I said, thank you. I'll take my business somewhere else because I pay my bills and I'm not going to walk away without paying my gas. Wow. And I tried doing it at another station here near the station, near Union Station. I wasn't successful there either. Well, at that point, my, then we get, she gets a thing on her phone that says $1 charge. So even though I'd swipe, you know how they do the prepay thing? They still charge you a dollar. And so then I declined it. Well, that led to the card is now suspended (sighs) because they think I'm, So then I had to go back for the last six purchases we've made, going back like a week and a half. Did you do a 99-cent purchase? I said, yeah, I bought a meat stick at the mini-mart, you know, for crying. Anyway, we got it done. (laughs) But I don't know. Why is it that once in a while us Americans just get bristled at certain things? And it's about principle. It's about principle. If the gas station doesn't trust me, then I'm not going to give them my business. I'm sorry. I don't know why I got off on that tangent, but I just... I had to go there. Did I'm you sorry. run out of gas? Were you stranded? I'm I'm hoping that the card works as we leave the okay. union station today. Right. I don't know. I'm hoping so. talk STL, welcome home, ladies and gentlemen. 1019 941 one hd 3 On your Alexa, it's a smart skill there. You can download your app if you have an Android phone on the Google Play Store. We're waiting for uh, Tim Cook to give us permission for the Apple, I understand. Uh, Of course, you can stream us, as I do when I'm out working in the garden or planting food plots for the deer this year. There's Max. I'm Randy. We're the Tobler Show. We'll be back. After these words, give me a buzz. Three one nine one two one oh one nine nine one two one oh one nine. Give me a buzz. Today,
0: gas prices are lower than they were early in this decade, but they're still high enough to create a pinch on working families. One key thing about the infrastructure bill that just passed the Senate is there are no gas tax increases, no gas tax increases. I made that absolutely clear that I would not raise gas taxes. I'm glad everyone in the Senate seemed to agree with that. I'm
1: sorry it leaves me speechless. And that rarely happens, ladies and gentlemen. But Max and I were just talking. It's like you've got to be kidding me. So this is like saying, you know, I promise you, Max, I'm not going to give you six immunizations in a day. Oh, Aren't you. I wonderful to
0: you? Wow, that's Wow! The best. What, a, you.
1: what a guy I am no new taxes but there are going to be tremendous taxes that americans will be paying one way or another whether it's at the gas pump just because of biden's pause on drilling in anwar and other federal lands whether it is biden's cancellation of the keystone pipeline and uh, so you'll you'll certainly well you're seeing an unofficial tax with prices going up at the pump but this Green New Deal that's buried into the infrastructure and certainly before the Democrats are voted out of office in next year, we hope in the, in the midterms, we, we hope. I mean, I, I would pray that that would happen before they can do much more damage to the economy and to middle class people. This is hurt. This what's happening. You may have you if, if you have children, if you were out of a job. There's all kinds of things that came through with COVID, right? And a lot of Americans were saving like crazy. God bless you. That's wonderful. On the other hand, that the, the the purchasing power of that money is eroded because of the very fact that why the government was showering money on the people. It's one thing to have a safety net, but this was a safety temperpedic or air comfort extreme uh, what other mattress am i not mentioning here i don't. Know. does any mattress company special uh, sponsor us i'm not sure i don't believe so not yet but if you'd like to yeah <laughs> that's right um 314-912-1019 if you're a mattress company and you'd like to sponsor <laughs> us but um <laughs> so that wasn't even placement you know I, but i'm just thinking joe we're not that stupid you didn't raise gas taxes what a guy grandpa joe my goodness what a guy but you tank you're tanking the economy that was totally on fire jobs were filled going into this covid mess people were getting wage increases and particularly those who probably needed them the most right the 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 underclass uh, minorities. Okay, let's admit it. Those folks needed a raise. It was great. I'm glad to see everyone prospering. And it wasn't just them. Everyone prospered. But the very folks that are now being hurt the most by the party and the administration that claims to help them the most were the ones that Donald Trump and his policies and administration did, in fact, help the most. And, and we're just not that stupid. People are going to see it. We're going to talk with Scott Lincecone a little bit later because he's going to look at some of the things that are embedded in this infrastructure bill. And God help us if the budget reconciliation bill that is tethered like uh, Siamese twins to this bill, at least according to Nancy Pelosi, if that gets passed, basically the human, uh, the, the social safety net and, and social engineering uh, infrastructure uh, bill through re- budget reconciliation, if that thing goes through i, I it just you want the the long term consequences of that are hard to the magnitude is hard to predict the The qualitative problems are not hard to predict it is it is going to be a travesty like we have never seen before it's just uh, it's just it's tragic to see what's happening to to traditional successful Free markets regulate, regulated properly, and we—I want to be careful the way I parse these words. I am not a laissez-faire free market economy economist, amateur economist. We know that that there has to be some reasonable regulation in markets. Think antitrust regulations. That's the big, of course, discussion going on with the the muzzling of many of our voices. Maybe your voice. Have you had a Have you had a favorite uh, uh, person that you follow on Twitter? be canceled have uh, have you had a slap on the wrist from facebook i have i have had a facebook slap on the wrist haven't yet been canceled on twitter i'm waiting for that to happen but that's what that's why regulation is a necessary thing but too much of a good thing can spoil the soup spoil the economy and yes spoil our freedom and that's what we're seeing it is tragic 314-912-1019 912-1019. Three one four nine one two one zero one nine. I'm particularly interested in those of you who have served or related to someone who served, uh, especially if they've been deployed in the Middle East and particularly Afghanistan. What are the thoughts? How are you reacting to the news coming out of Afghanistan, where the Taliban are just running ramshackled, roughshod over the it sounds like the the, the Afghan military are just cowardly. They're just turning and, and and fleeing. And in fact, we understand that the Taliban, as they take over, I think they now have taken over Kandahar, the second largest city, uh, and uh, Kabul, will, of course, will be next. Um, that they are driving around in American Humvees. They are they have American um, you know uh, armaments slung around their shoulders, and you wonder if they're going to be. If they're going to be flying these people out, our civilians from the State Department, the NBC, there, I mean, I was thinking, what about RPGs? Aren't those things pretty prolific in those parts of the world? I would, I just, I just, it just, the potential vision and the potential images that that I fear we may see, but I pray to God, I literally pray that we don't see, uh, are just are just emblazoned on across my mind, and they're very, very, they're very, very um, troubling at, at at a minimum. So maybe you saw the story in STL Today, and I haven't seen an update. I saw it early this morning when I was uh, checking out STL Today. I think we'll do that here as we talk about it. There was a, an intruder um, in Webster Groves, and apparently there hadn't been anything except a credit card uh, fraud report to the police in the last you know several months. There was an intruder that came into someone's home, and they killed him <laughs> with a shotgun. He just blew him away. And if you read the comments following that, it's very, very interesting. Uh, there were people that said, well, wait a minute, this is not good. I don't want bullets flying around in my home. I, what, what are you t- talking about, someone? It, it, the, the report I saw was the police didn't arrest the uh, the homeowner uh, because we have the Castle Doctrine. And you wonder, I mean, where, quiet Webster Groves where they have tea houses and poetry readings, right? I mean, and they listen to James Taylor a lot. I mean... <laughs> I actually like James Taylor; he's good. I, it was quiet, easygoing stuff, but um, quiet Webster Groves. Crime is just rampant. It is. I, I we saw a, uh, a down here as I was coming in. I they saw an officer at the at, at the front of Union Station, where our offices are, in the back. Our studios in the back at the Powerhouse uh, on the on the uh, west side of the station. That's right. Yeah, the west side. Or is it south? So. No, I think yeah, it's west. west. That's right. Um, we uh, actually it's south. Yeah. Um, I, I, I said, officer, I'm sorry for the way they talk about you. And I said, you know what I mean about they. And I said, you know, I think they are in the minority. And he says, we know. He says, we know that's not the case, though. Um, if you uh, if you talk to the Chicago policeman. And I think, uh, Max, I sent you some sound that uh, we have a clip of a, a retired Chicago officer. Didn't we? Did I get that to you? Listen to what this retired Chicago officer had to say about what's going on in police world up there. It's been on. we got things thrown at us. You know, you they're fighting with us. People are protesting, calling us names. And not just the protesters, but you've got the, the people that are supposed to have our back in government. Well, you heard, of course, it was reported that we had that, that police shooting where um, Officer Ella French was, uh, was murdered in cold blood um, by a perp, and uh, her partner was shot through the eye, the last I heard, still fighting for his life. And you're seeing a- another segment of the great resignation. It's something I want to touch on this morning, the great resignation. We are seeing it in healthcare. It was beginning to happen before COVID. COVID has actually just, just put it on, on warp speed, to borrow a phrase. You're seeing it in um, policing. The reporter uh, that did that story with that anonymous uh, recently retired officer reported that, retire, uh, that, that resignations in the Chicago police force have, uh, without pensions, without pensions, have doubled, nearly doubled year to year. You're seeing that um, over the years, she analyzed the trend over five years. Retirees overall and resignations have just skyrocketed. And the trend appears to be continuing in the first six months of this year. And and you begin to wonder. And, of course, the, the officers are getting fatigued. They're getting tired of, as this officer said, getting spit on, getting dishonored. And the very people who should be backing them, the very people who should be backing them, the leaders of these municipalities, the leaders of these communities are not. They're throwing them under the bus. Defund the police. More social services. We've had social services, and we've thrown trillions of dollars at a decaying family in the inner city, and, by the way, in many parts of rural America, and the, and the ravages of, of what happens when there are not a mom and a dad in a family raising their children, and we see what happens. And despite the need for more policing, what do the officials ask for? They ask for less policing. Let's defund them. Let's throw that money at more programs, more social services. Well, no, that's not going to get it done. And the, the less security we have in these neighborhoods, the more gangs that run rampant and capture the hearts and the minds of these young, impressionable youth. I just don't see anything more than a downward spiral. You know, you think about in the in a lot of the we were talking about Broadway musicals earlier, and I, how many musicals have the Irish cop swinging the billy club on the corner under the streetlight, and as the as the kid runs out of the out of the, 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 the five and dime store, having just put a bunch of uh, you know Milky Ways in his pocket. Hey, come over here, kitty. Let me talk to ya. There was something to be said for that. There's a reason you see that in the Broadway musicals. Was it Music Man? Was it, I mean, it's, they're, they're all over that genre. Well, that doesn't happen by accident. That wasn't the, that wasn't the mind of, of some, you know, uh, a Hollywood writer who was, was drunk on too much tequila, right? That Those kind of images happen for a reason. Flash forward to the 90s and Rudy Giuliani. Community policing. That's what it's about. So I don't know the story about Webster Groves and about this shooting and a homeowner defending themselves. It um, it was an interesting wake-up call. Just because I mean I we were we were Sunset Hillians, you know. And I'm thinking a lot of great neighborhoods in in South City, South County, West County, North County. Is this kind of criminal behavior? Coming to a uh, coming to a neighborhood like you near you now. Some of you may say, "Well, Randy, 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 what are you talking about?" They have just, and this is what some of the comments said: Are you really going to blow someone away and and have bullets flying through your house because someone comes in wanting a flat screen TV and you know maybe some jewelry? It's not about that. It's about principle, whether it's whether it's a, a, a silver service with a fork and a, and a and a knife and a spoon that you were given at your anniversary and silver service, whether it's a, a wedding ring or a, a, a cocktail ring, whether it's a flat screen TV, it matters not. It's a matter of principle. You come in my home, not only are you not going to be without an invite, not only are you not going to be welcome, I agree with the laws that say I have every right to, yep, Meet out justice. Is that too harsh? I don't know. I don't think so. And I think if the, uh, if the civil authorities are not going to give us enough policing to do it, uh, and God love those police officers, every single one of them, I, I thank them, thank them, thank them every way for what they do. But if there's not enough of them, and if their presence in enough numbers, with enough force, and enough authority to do what policing should do, Earlier in a person's crime trajectory than we currently do, often it's not the police that aren't doing their job, it's the prosecutors that aren't allowed to do their job, it's the prosecutors that aren't doing their job, and boy, do we know that in the city of St. Louis. Are you listening, Kim Gardner? uh, But if if the Justice Department is not going to, to meet out justice and to administer it, I guess it's left to us, and that's why we have a Second Amendment. Well, enough of that, enough of crime here and in Afghanistan. We have crime at the border with illegal streaming, streaming across the border, and then being, of course, uh, like the great diaspora, biblical diaspora, all set, set out all across the country. Uh, we have economic uh, calamity. We have um, infrastructure spending after trillions of spending through COVID. And I want to talk it over with my good friend and uh, longtime um Uh, associate producer and board op eric robert you hear him here on uh, on the money with bob stockdale after this program every saturday morning and um we'll uh, we'll talk with uh, eric about the politics of the infrastructure bill because he is an aficionado of the political scene and you know sort of what uh, why we're seeing inflation and does that mean a short-term thing? Is it, What is stagflation? We're hearing that. For those of you who don't know, maybe you have a youngster that needs to hear about that. Skinny them up to the bar. And uh, let's pour a cup of coffee and enjoy one together. Eric Robert joins us right after the break here on News Talk STL, 101.9, 941 and 991 hd HD3. Be right back. Squatter till the hour as we roll along here on the Tobler Show on a Saturday morning, every Saturday, 6 to 9. And during the week at Randy Tobler MD, good friend of mine and always a uh, a person that I like to bounce my ideas and theories about sort of the political world and uh, trying to figure out like make sense of it uh, because um sometimes I can't make sense and and I think I'm going crazy and Eric uh, Robert will tell me no you're not going crazy it is crazy.
0: How you doing Eric Robert? Welcome to the program. Doing. <laughs> Doing wonderfully, Randy. Great to speak with you.
1: Likewise. So, of course, you and Bob are, uh, are talking on the money uh, every Saturday at nine o'clock, and we're so happy that you are uh, along with the family here at News Talk STL, welcoming a lot of folks home too to your show. And I, uh, I always enjoy listening to that. Um, we saw the infrastructure bill uh, passed this um, this past week, with uh, what you know a dozen, Baker's dozen, um, or so uh republicans and um mcconnell was among them and others and you you look at what's buried in that bill um some crazy stuff a lot of the left agenda is, is there and these bills always get packed from with with pork uh from both sides but this is particularly uh leftist pork uh for the most part but mitch mcconnell is like I guess, going to play some kind of a chess game, as I read it, uh, when they try to connect this to the budget reconciliation process, which will require a debt a ceiling limit. what Does he think he's going to tank at all here? Have you been able to unpack what the GOP strategery is, to quote George W. Bush?
0: i I really haven't randy it's it's made me incredibly uncomfortable here's the thing i mean mitch mcconnell is undoubtedly an operator in the senate and he's a fairly ruthless operator when he was uh senate majority leader but he's at his core a politician and so that doesn't lead one to a place of trust with this whole process uh it reminds me quite a bit of you know, the, the feelings that we had back whenever uh, the Republicans were, were working on some of these major spending bills during the second term of the Bush administration. And we were being told why these were all OK. I, it, I, it feels like the $1.1, $1.2 trillion so-called bipartisan spending bill, no one wants to talk about what's actually in it. Because we're keeping all of the Republicans scared about what's in this $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill that we're being threatened with afterwards. I don't understand the logic to, uh, of why Mitch McConnell wants to carry forward with this process. It does seem like, though, there's going to be some theatrics around raising the debt uh, debt ceiling as well as just the general reconciliation process later in the year. Maybe Mitch McConnell really believes he has a strong hand here to block some of these things. But I've been looking into in, into what's inside this $1 trillion bipartisan bill, yeah. and it doesn't seem a whole lot better, to be honest with you. No, no. It's not like it's a great trade.
1: No. And, and, you know, I and if they're thinking that drawing the red line at raising the debt ceiling is going to be a politically expedient uh, Trump card to play, no pun intended. Uh, the last time that that there was a who blinks first on the debt ceiling, it seems like every time that we play, we I mean, on the conser- so-called conservative side uh, in, in D.C., play that uh, who blinks first on the debt ceiling it never works out well because it won't i mean even before the argument begins and the negotiations begin the media will be out there trotting out veterans who aren't going to get their benefits when the government defaults and mom and dad who are going to have to go and get dog food because their social security check is going to be withheld i mean we've seen this play before and it doesn't end well <laughs> you know so i don't i, I, I don't think that's
0: a winner I completely agree. And I and I have a feeling even after all of those theatrics and that gamesmanship, uh, there's a there's a fairly high probability we're looking at a, a Christmas Eve, you know, 2 a.m. vote in right. the Senate on a reconciliation package without any Republicans. And it all gets rammed down, you know, the, the America's throats anyway. And that's precisely because these doors have been opened by this group of Senate Republicans. Mm. So I I, I it. You know, maybe there's a reason why guys like you and I who use common sense, Randy, aren't in politics. We don't understand this crafty gamesmanship, but it just seems to defy common sense, which is exactly what I, I think Americans have been looking for in their leadership. And I have to think a lot. Who yeah. are sorely disappointed, and this is how we're getting repaid, especially after f- over $5 trillion worth of stimulus was spent on COVID relief last year, and much of it's still sitting out there unspent by Congress. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's just completely silly.
1: Well, and, and I guess what, what I'm worried about is that the trap has been set for Americans who have become comfortable with, uh, you know, I've, I like to say it a lot, that, you know, not, not a safety net, but a hammock. Um, we're now beginning to see that consumer confidence is slowing down because I think they're realizing that all good things are going to come to an end. And I use the word good. I put that in big air finger quotes. Uh, but from the, from the perspective of people who have been getting essentially free money from the government, including those who maintained their jobs and really had no economic uh, suffering as a result of this thing, which is a large swath of the population. And you see consumer confidence, um, you know, uh, slowing down. In, in the face of what's been some pretty rampant inflation, even if it is short-term to medium-term, and that brings up the specter of stagflation. Now, I recall that from the Jimmy Carter days, and it wasn't a pretty thing. Can you explain, um, because I have a hard time sort of putting it together for folks, um, because to me, I just remember how much it hurt, um, stagflation, that is, economy not growing, inflation going crazy, and it was just a bad time. What, what is stagflation?
0: so well stagflation isn't necessarily what we're seeing uh in the moment to be clear but stagflation was something that we absolutely saw in the late 70s but we will. Where you had a Well, it could. And and certainly if you add if you add these trillions of dollars of additional spending, what appears to be a temporary bout of inflation that's due to primarily supply uh, chain constraints, as well as some of the monetary stimulus that took place last year, that that could become a more permanent issue if you add another four and a half or five trillion dollars worth of spending on top of what's already out in the economy. And I think you're seeing, you know, uh, some folks in the economic powers that be speak to that as well. You know, right now, the inflation that we're seeing, uh, about two thirds of it is driven from just three sources. And that's Housing, which isn't shocking given housing prices, used vehicle prices, which have surged uh, so far this year. They've moderated a bit in the last month, as well as fuel. So gasoline, diesel, uh, things like that. So, you know, fuel impacts everybody. Housing only impacts people who are actually buying a new home right now, which there's a sizable amount, but not everybody's buying a new home. And same thing with with used vehicles. A used vehicle and those spikes in prices only apply if you're actually buying a vehicle right now. So as, as inflation moderates without any other changes, that's not as concerning. But whenever you start to see... Food become a primary inflationary target, which is not insignificant right now, by mm-hmm. the way, uh, or, or clothing or other staples. That's where this becomes really pernicious for people, which is what we saw in the late 70s. You had uh, high inflation on the normal things you need to live in live in life with Modest at best economic growth that didn't keep people even year over year.
1: That's the problem. That's the problem. And so while the Democrats talk about all of the the generosity from the government on on their on their watch, uh, the the purchasing power of that money that's been flowing in from uh, heaven in D.C. Uh, at least that's what the Democrats want it to feel like for folks, is manna from heaven, uh, it doesn't have the same purchasing power because they, their, their wages aren't keeping up with it. And I I fear that especially, you know, this we got this wild card of the COVID and the variants. And while people will impugn Anthony Fauci, and there's an awful lot to... Say about the mistakes that he's made, particularly in messaging uh, and his basic tenets of letting the Chinese Communist Party do very dangerous bioterrorist research. Um, he's right, and and I and and everyone who I respect and everyone, if they got to know him, would respect scientists that are not politically connected, not part of the administration, just good basic clinical uh, researchers and bench researchers. This wild card of the economic damage. Even if it's not officially mediated, even if it's not through lockdowns and through, you know, you can only have 50 percent of your restaurant open. um, This this is going to be a wild card that I think I don't think anyone can predict. But I sense that this covid is going to be with us for a while. It'll wax and wane and it'll be a real drag on the on on the ship of the the economy. I just and that's, I think, the thing that scares me, Eric, because we just don't know which way this is going to go.
0: Well, I you know, here certainly you are more qualified uh, to provide a medical opinion than than I ever would be. Although common sense seems to be pointing all of us to the conclusion that COVID isn't going to magically disappear uh and and just go away and not be an issue in the future. So what's yeah, going to keep we've gotta ha- So what's going to keep go
1: the question is what's going to keep our legislators who love to print money and spend it because that's the easiest way to get elected that I've ever heard of. Um What's going to keep them restrained? I mean, they've shown no restraint thus far, and let's say that the economy goes into a slump because we continue to have either a sustained surge, uh, moderate level, or we have rolling high level surges. Um, I don't, I don't see an end to the profligate spending, and there's no way that can do anything but just, just be terrible uh, for for inflationary pressures, and then start to impact all those things you mentioned that are the daily staples of life. That's the trouble.
0: Well. You- you know the the, uh, the the national review's motto uh, from William Buckley is that conservatism's goal is to stand athwart history, yelling "stop" at any time when no one is inclined to do so, yeah. and and I think that's all of this spending package everything that you see going on with the overreach at local government is up to the federal government level with COVID restrictions and regulations. I think conservatives are going to have to be drawn back into the public sphere here, and I think will be yes. over the course of the next year, to stop this madness yeah, and yeah. and get us back to what used to be considered entirely normal in America.
1: And I know you and Bob will be keeping your finger on the pulse of the economy, what it means for investing and the markets and all that, and that's, of course, every Saturday on the money at 9 a.m. here on News Talk STL. Really glad to hear you back on the air with Bob, and it's a, it's a great listen. And uh, I, I know you, you, you'll you never run out of things to talk about with the shenanigans going up uh, on D.C., will you? <laughs> it,
0: it does make show prep easy,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, Eric, my friend and everyone's friend here at News Talk STL, we're glad that you're back home with the team, man, and uh, look forward to more conversations here frequently on the Tobler Show. Thanks for being with me. Thanks, Randy. There he is, Eric Robert. And you can hear him along with Bob Stockdale on the money every Saturday on News Talk STL. News Talk STL, 101.9, one. that big booming sound out in God's country, as Jeff Allen likes to say, and it's so true. 991 on your HD3. Alexa, you can get a Google uh, on your Android. You can get the, uh, the Google Play Store and get the app there. Uh, more coming. I'm sure the Apple app will be out pretty soon, the iOS app. And, of course, uh, on Facebook at STL and streaming NewstalkSTL.com. Top of the hour, we talk with our good friend Chris Arps from the TCC show here on weekdays. Stay tuned.